1: Good morning, Al. Morning. How are you? Yes, good and welcome all to my life, my music with the Governor Alan Hudson as we take a trip down memory lane through chapter and verse. And in this episode, Al, we're going to be going back to 1973 and looking at your final 12 months at Chelsea.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh... It was interesting when you mentioned it because I, I looked at it and I, I realised I, I checked a couple of things out. I checked the uh, the League Cup final '73 and I it was all it was a case of um, what might have been had you know our semi final at Norwich and the League Cup have, have turned out successful and uh, we'd have reached another uh, a final at Wembley and would that final would by reaching Wembley here for the fourth time in four years and have changed the club financially because at the end of the day, that was what the reason that they sold both Peter Osgood and myself.
1: Yeah, it's quite incredible. And you know, on all of our podcasts, we talk about management and coaches and you can either be a manager or a coach. You've educated me there. We talk about fine margins and we talk about if only, and We're going to start with that Norwich game, the semi-final, because it was a case of, if only, on Saturday the 9th of December, you played Norwich City in a league game at Stamford Bridge, and you won 3-1, then four days after, you played Norwich at home on a Wednesday night um, in the League Cup against Norwich at home in the League Cup, and you got beat 2-0, so they turned, turned around that two-goal deficit, one in the league, one in the cup. And if only that would have been the other way around because, you know, you were pretty much neither here nor there in, in that league season. And to be truthful, I suppose when, when you, you know, that, that league season, you finished um, a decent halfway up, I think 12th that year. So things wasn't that bad in the league. But if you could have just overcome Norwich, you could have, as you say, got to another final and earned some more money. So where did it go wrong from the Saturday to the Wednesday? Well, it's, um, it's like, um, it's, it's like uh, it's certain matches
0: you play in. You know, I've, I've watched a, a couple recently. Uh, um, you, it, it seems that sometimes you can play and the ball just is not going to go in the net. No, and you hit the bar, you hit the pause a goalkeeper keeper can make saves. I mean I watched uh Chelsea match it um about four or five weeks ago they played a, a match um and they got absolutely battered. Men, Mendy made some marvellous saves. Um um they won. they lost they won one new at the uh, the newly promoted um Brentford brentford and brentford absolutely tortured them and they must have wondered what they had to do to score it was unbelievable when it seemed that they'd have been there to midnight they wouldn't have scored it was one of those and and then that then that starts creeping into your mind and especially when like what happened in the second match um it, it, that was a time at chelsea when our we were starting to get defensive throughout. I mean, we we had a problem defensively. Uh, a couple of our defenders were getting a, a, a little bit uh, past the sell by date, which happens. Mm. Uh, and making mistakes they wouldn't have made in their prime, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and we, were lose, we were losing matches and losing goals, and a fella called Jim Bone was gifted two goals on this night. He took them very well, nothing away from the, the, the Norwich striker, but he took them well, but he shouldn't have been in them, you know, he shouldn't have been allowed to get in them positions, you know. It was a little bit like uh, watching the Chelsea match last week against Manchester United. you know, they they had most of the play, um, should have been in front, and then they make that silly mistake at the back, although he wasn't a defender, he was a midfield player, and Georgina lay it under his foot, you know, and they, they find themselves 1-0 down, you know, then find margins. Hmm. Um, uh, but I going back, I think I'm not too. I wouldn't put money on this, but I think the first game might have been Ray Wilkins' debut. Right. Okay. Uh, um, that was around the time when Dave Sexton was toying with, you know, that we had problems financially at the club, and they were talking about selling a, selling wealth. They weren't talking about. It. They just did it. All, you know, and it, it was. Uh, I don't know how they, they could, Chelsea at that time could never, ever replace Peter Osgood because he was the best centre forward around. Uh, mm. But uh, I think that was a time that Dave was kind of priming uh, Ray Wilkins to take over from me. And, uh, and that was one of the reasons he sold me, uh, although it was, it was a money reason. He see that Wilkins could replace me and, you know uh, you know, I wouldn't be
1: missed kind of thing. Well, you certainly were, missed, Dale, because uh, history tells us that after you and I got sold, Chelsea went into decline and ultimately got relegated to the second division. And although Ray had a tremendous uh, career, he was still a young kid and, and it's finding the time, the right time to integrate them players into the first team. A little bit like what Dave did with you in, in 1969-70 season when uh, when he, he put you into the first team, they didn't get off to a very good start, quite a few draws and then Alan Hudson, a kid of just 17, well 18 you were then, was running the midfield, but say home, you won 3-1 again, a few days later, you got beat and then you went to Norwich City on, on a Wednesday night again uh, the, the week after and You had a game that was abandoned, the fog come down, and that was the first time that you saw Ron Saunders. And when you're looking at managers and coaches, it's a shame, really, that that Saunders didn't come in to the Chelsea dressing room as the manager rather than an irate Norwich uh, manager, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was... uh, I mean, we were laughing, you know. It it was funny because it kind of gave us... uh, uh like a lifeline whereas we would have been out uh at two or um we were in the league twice. Um um I, I, he was screaming hollering it, it us players as if it was our fault. He was trying to say, you can go out and play, you know, and you couldn't see from the halfway line you couldn't see the other goal. So you it just had to be a ban and it was just it was just pointless, you know, the and the referee said, Well I'll give it a quarter of an hour We'll go in and then we'll come back out and we'll see if it's lifting. If there's any sign of it lifting, we'll continue. But it didn't happen, and I suppose with, for Norwich it was a, a a big big final for them. Yeah. Uh, um. And he says that they they might have it taken away from them, but um, we went back. We went back uh, later on, and they won one nil, and where they went through, but the damage was done at the bridge, Paul.
1: Yeah, it's difficult to come back from that two-goal deficit, isn't it? Jim Bone, didn't he play for Scotland? Was he a Scottish uh, international? Yeah, he did. He was. Uh, he wasn't a bad player. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, He's a decent player, but um, as I say, um, uh, being a gambling man, I, I, I don't. I, I, I dare to I think what. Price they would have been to win two near Stanford Bridge, yeah. and there were many games when we didn't score at home. Mm. Um, so to not score, it, it just showed, And it? As as I wrote to you the other day, I mean it was like uh, um, when we when we were trying to retain the, the cup, Winners Cup. Yeah, it was. Um, we played a Swedish team at home, and we back we, we absolutely battered them over there in the first leg. We couldn't score. I think I hit the bar. We hit the post. Um, we should come back nil-nil. We should have won six or seven over there. We, we come back over. Stamford Bridge, they come over. and uh, I thought it was a weird weird game. When I scored again, I scored another goal, and a, a volley to put us one-nil up. Then Johnny Hollins missed a penalty. And... Uh, we we just I speak to a chap that goes well you know Tony Jimenez yeah. and Tony's season to get older and I I went to a match him one day he said this is where I was sitting when uh, you were you were banging on their door you were you were we were absolutely slaughtering them you know and um they broke away and scored in the very last minute. It was just unbelievable. It was, you just can't, you couldn't write the script. It was, um, it it was just one of those things that the, you know, as I said the other day as well, I I think sometimes um, we got, we got lucky in the FA Cup when we won that in 70. We we went to Burnley and Peter Alstom got us out of jail. We, We were, Pretty fortunate, I thought, it Wembley against Leeds to get go into the replay. So you, you know, you you have to have your, your your good luck and your bad luck in cup matches. And I think sometimes
1: your, I I think sometimes your name is written on the trophy, Paul. Absolutely. But you scored a brace in that abandoned game as well. Was that was that the only time you scored a brace for Chelsea?
0: It's the only time I've ever had two shots for Chelsea Chelsea. <laughs> 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 well, it was a case of uh, you know the you know the I had to change my game and, and push further forward because we you know I knew that we needed we needed goals from above yeah. so it was just, that was just a case I just changed my game a little bit. Had we gone that you know one 0 up or two 0 up, I'd have just sat sat deep and just controlled the game. You know, so um, yeah. So, but it was. Um, that that was a bit of an irony really but um the record books will show that i never scored two goals no, but
1: that's the that's sad thing about the abandonment of a game, isn't it? Everything gets eradicated. So Alan Hudson's Brace gets eradicated. But you could say, I guess, leading into our first song, and uh, no, that we can't play the songs. But what I do is I put all the songs on a playlist accompanied to the uh, the podcast, My Life, My Music, and I put a few additional songs in from uh, 1973. It was a good year for music, Al. But when you look at the, uh, the game against the Swedes and you look at this game, game against norwich it was like yesterday once more wasn't it
0: it was it was it was um you know we we spoken you know uh, quite recently about the euros with jack grealish and is it history of repeating itself and which it which it does um you know i was kind of treated by england the same way that Jack's treated you know pushed to the side because uh, can't be coached. He can't be told what to do because he, he's a player that needs to go out and express himself. Yeah. Um, and yesterday, once more, was was you know it's happening again. Here we go again. Like I, I think I said to you, you know, it wasn't made in it, the the record wasn't in 1973 because um, I think we did a show before 72. I think after the leak. The League Cup of 1972. I, I I'll never forget. We we got to the hotel and we were we were all at our. I can remember walking in myself with my wife and I was walking it was very very depressed, de- despondent, you know. And then I and I see that um, Lou Christie was at the cabaret act. He was supposed to be the celebratory, uh, you know, and he hit me that he made lightning strikes again, and it it was um. You know, we'd only just been had the same thing happen against the Swedes in the European Cup winners cup and uh and that, and now we were again beat by Stoke, you know. Um so lightning does strike twice, no matter what they say.
1: In terms of your playing career, Al, lightning didn't strike twice, it stroked many, many times. And just touching on uh, Jack Grealish, he did receive a chorus of boos when he was introduced to the uh, Villa Park faithful in about the 85th minute by Pep Guardiola. But when you went back as a Stoke player to Chelsea, you know you received similar treatment, didn't you? And for all that you gave um, Chelsea, what Jack's given Villa, I mean, they got £100 million in the bank. The money from you and Osgood went to pay for that East stand. Fans just don't look at it like that. They just see it from a fan and they don't see it from the footballer's point of view. At the end of the day, you're a player and that's your job, isn't it?
0: Well, um, I think the only way I can ever answer that uh, scenario, Paul, is that uh, I try to explain to people sometimes, how would you like it if you was at a job uh, and you you put you know you had you, you, you did a job all your life you spent 10 years 15 20 years there and they just sack here and throw you into the you know that that's it you you're out i mean i i know today people get pensions and they get payoffs and everything else but that wasn't the case with me you know i was uh i was an out, outcast and they, they didn't even give me my deserved transfer fee so i said you right. know Football is no different from just life in general. If if you're treated so shabbily, I'm sure you you would feel the same way as I do. Uh, but they don't see that. They 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 are just so wrapped up in a Chelsea blue shirt, and as you say, Aston Villa. You know that with Jack. I mean, how on earth could anyone in their wildest dreams think of booing Jack Grealish? that yeah. the kid uh, has come out and he said he's he loves the club. He, he didn't agree to go to, to move straight away. He thought long and hard about it. He was, you know, he's still got Villa in his heart, even though he's playing for Man City. Um, You know, it's just appalling, really appalling, to to think that to think that I might go to a football match and be a player that I used to go and watch is just unthinkable.
1: It is, but again, you are the player. And you've been in the game. You know what the game is all about. And both you and me, we, we look at the game in a completely different way to most football fans. I mean, I'm going to Villa this afternoon watching the, the Leicester game. I'm going to watch a game of football. I'm not going to support any team. I'm going to watch a game, a live game, and, and hope that I see moments of magic by players on that football pitch. But I remember when you went to a Stoke game and you were saying to a fan, well, who did you come to watch? And he said, well, I, I just go to watch Stoke. Well, surely you go to watch a player. I mean, I'll be going there today to watch Madison. I'll be going there to watch Ollie Watkins Emmy Buendia. I'm going there for a purpose of watching football players play football. But most football fans go with the purpose of just watching their team win a game and they're interested how they win it, just as long as they win it. it that's just the way that football fans are and then football people like you and me.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think that the, the biggest point as well, mate, is, um, you know, it's people pay a lot of money. There's, a, uh, there's people that have got a lot of money that pay a lot of money and, uh, it's like going to to watch a concert or whatever, you know. You go, you go to be in, whether you like the artist or not, is immaterial. It's go you're going to be entertained. Um, football is an entertainment business. Uh, um, you know, as we see in the Euros, we always go we go back to the recent disaster. Um, and uh, you know, if foot, if England had played in the Euros and and they'd have played their best team. With Grealish and and Foden in it, um, and and played to enter played with an entertaining an attacking flair, they would have won the Euros. Instead, they they didn't. They 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 they, they, he had winning on his mind more than he did football, and it was uh, because that's his that's his mindset. That's the way Southgate is. but when you go out there to win it all costs, it's um, you can you really you know you not only lose you, you know they miss the the most incredible incredible opportunity to lay this ghost to rest you know of 1966 and uh, we so nearly done it in 1996 and and we did it in a in the Terry Venables way which was absolutely amazing I thought. Venables came in and done a fantastic job and he's probably been the best manager. Some say Bobby Robson, but I think the 1996 team were, were the, the you know, the way they played, they had the right, the right blend defensively. And, uh, we had the, the likes of Gascoigne who had a young, uh, Jamie Redknapp coming through, you, you, Teddy Sheringham's, uh, you know, we had, they were a terrific team. And, uh, if ever they were going to win it at a competition, it was that year. And I watched it again the other night. Actually, that just I just watched a thing on Paul Gascoigne, and and again I just I I just exactly what we just been talking about. The one that flies across the goal against the Germans, how he doesn't get his toe on it, I don't know.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: And and England are through two, you know two one, um, and then they go on and win it, but. Um, uh, and they would have won the final because it, it wouldn't have been a garish Southgate final. It wouldn't have been, let's go out and, you know, nick a goal and then hold on to it. Venables would have said, look, you beat the Dutch 4-1, let's go and beat these 4-1. Yeah. You know, so that's the difference. You know, it's just the entertainment element. And, and, that, and that's basically what's killed the English game over the years, the coaching of players that... Um, and why do you think the fans dropped off in their droves, you know, throughout the, for, through the eighties? And I, I came back, I went to Seattle in 1977, 78 from Arsenal and I came back a couple of times <clears throat> and I could see the decline of of our football and how it was going downhill. And um, and in, in all fairness, the, on, the only thing that saved the English game was bringing the foreigners in. Mm-hmm. The foreign yeah. players. I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, we brought so many fans. I remember Rude Hullick coming to Chelsea. I remember Camp going to Arsenal. The, these type of players. Paul Di Canio went to West Ham, and I, 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 watched every week. You know, um, that's what. That's why. That's why you go to football to watch. It doesn't matter where they come from, what, the, for what reason they come there for. You got. You go there to be entertained and. Uh, mm, when I sat there for the, the the Euros final against Italy, you know, me and Don Shanks just sat in, in the casino having a couple of drinks and looking at each other, kind of nodding their heads, wondering what's going on. Mm.
1: I think everybody at home was also nodding. I was certainly nodding in my head thinking, again, what's going on, Gareth? Change it, get your flair players on. Let's try and win a game rather than, than play. Or, or it looked as though England, I know there wasn't, but playing for penalties, uh, just yeah. just just pathetic. Not my uh, vision of football. Um, my love, uh, your next song up, a uh, wonderful song by, uh, by Wings. And?
0: well yeah there was a lot of luck there was a lot of, <laughs> apart from chelsea football club there was a lot of love around at the time um, and uh it was around the time which we've already spoke about the beatles were my favorite uh band and um you know i've always said they were the only band that didn't really need a drummer you know uh, they could have had george best as a drummer really yeah not best. and uh and it was a kind of where Paul McCartney was trying to get the, the the group together to, you know, kind of overtake the Beatles, which was an impossibility. But Wings were good. I liked Wings and uh, uh, I thought it was a, it was a uh, tremendous, tremendous, lovely, lovely song. Lovely song.
1: And it was a time that uh, you put in your notes yeah? There, uh, you were falling out of love with um, with Chelsea and um, your love was waning with, with Maureen as well. So, you know, in that last year, that last 12 months at, at Chelsea that, that started pretty much the cup game uh, against uh, Norwich City, that ultimately ended against West Ham... Um, when you got beat 4-2, that seemed to be the straw that broke the camel's back. What was going on in the life of, of a young Alan Hudson? Because, you know, you were a young kid. You were you were 22. How was you treated by the management and by the football club at Chelsea? Because, you know, things was going wrong both on and off the pitch. And I remember listening to uh, a podcast that you've done with, with Anthony. And you were saying you really needed someone to just sit down with you then and and talk you through what was going on. How are you now? How's things at home? How can we help you? But you never had that, did you?
0: No, I thought that goes back to what you mentioned earlier on about management. And, uh, you know, I had had the, you know, I'm going through the thing at the moment with the FA, um, uh, and it's... They've got to try and come up with a reason, uh, a good enough reason for, for why they banned me for is i I've been banned for three years for playing for my country, which was hurt, uh, very it was, it was hurtful enough. Mm. And that was that came through a bad ankle injury, which I missed the FA Cup finals and missed the Mexico World Cup with a bad ankle. And I, I'm and I'm telling you now, Paul, i 've walking about this week, and my, my it's still it's still so painful. It's mm. You know, all these 50 years on and, you know, I, even after that rest in the eight-and-a-half-week coma, I thought, oh, when I come out of a coma and I've, my, my leg, I didn't know I was paralysed or not, I, and I thought, well, this, the only good thing is my ankle will be better now, you know, but it never has been, so I never I never even, nobody at Chelsea or the FA ever asked me to come in and sit down and uh, talk to them about my ankle, nobody you know, I'm a state of mind. It was just, so you had to just get on with it. And, yeah. uh, and, and I just became from someone who, who loved a good life, going out and enjoying myself with my friends. We were very close. In Chelsea, it was a great social scene, like in, in Manchester, Birmingham, Liverpool. Uh, my drinking become more of a depression than, uh, uh, than enjoyment and uh, and that that is what caused my downfall really that and that uh, once that happens then it's going to affect your form you take that on the field with you and you're we're just not enjoying life at all and that that's what that was what was happening around that time and uh although uh, the West Ham game I scored it in the West Ham game I made that we were 2-0 up and again our defense let four goals in i don't know where they were they were like uh you know, they should have been in Two Souls, really. But, I, you know, it was... A, and then I... This helped my help, my state of mind was that bad that I'm told in the, the record book show that I played against Liverpool the game after. Yes. And three weeks later, I played against Liverpool again uh, at the Victoria Ground for Stoke City... Uh, now I can't remember playing against Liverpool for Chelsea I really can't um, But my memory is very very good I can't remember that game at all So I must have been traumatised I must have been in such a bad way You know not to remember Because I remember my bad games As well as I remember my yeah, you good do. games you, you, Well you do don't you You know when you had a nightmare And you think oh we don't want to talk about that one But you don't forget it And uh and then, and then you ask yourself, why did you play so badly? that That is the key to it. And uh, there's always a reason for why you played so badly. Um, but I just cannot, for the life of me, remember playing against Liverpool in my last game at Chelsea.
1: Now, it was over the uh, Christmas period, so on the 22nd you played Wolverhampton Wanderers, you lost 2-0. On Boxing Day, you uh, played at home to West Ham. 2-0 up and got beat 4-2. Uh, Chelsea, coincidentally, although there was a, the, the London Stadium, got beat 3-2 by West Ham, so things don't change in 50 years. And then that, that last game on the 29th, uh, you got beat uh, by Liverpool 1-0. 1st of January 1974, you were due to play Sheffield United away, a game in, in which you won. You didn't play in that. You you and Osgood, was you taken out of the first team to play with the reserves? Because I remember you talking to me about Dario Gradi and then Dave coming to the training ground and going absolutely ballistic. And that was the catalyst of of you leaving, wasn't it, when when Dave just went absolutely mad. I don't want to talk to you. I've been trying to get rid of you for ages. And then that goes back to a few notes as well with your house in Wimbledon. So talk me through that time. You can't remember much about the Liverpool game, but that training session and, and how the, the last kind of 24, 48 hours went for you at Chelsea.
0: Well, I can remember that we... Um... The team, they he put the team sheet up uh, at the training ground, uh, Mitcham training ground, and and Peter Osgood and I weren't on it, and um, so we said, look, if, we, if we're not playing for the first team, we go and train with the reserves because we'll be playing in the reserves uh, whenever they're playing. You know, so I remember Dario Gradi was standing there, he said, "What are you doing here?" So we said, "Well, look, if we're gonna be, not going to be playing the first team, what you know, good." You know he wants to work on the team that's playing at Sheffield, and you know we're going to be playing for the reserves for you, so we might as well train with you. And then a a kid came over and he spoke to Dario, and Dario said, "Look, Dave's not very happy with this situation. Uh, You've got to go over to the first team pitch." Um, So we started our way over to there. We kind of it, it was on the other side of the training ground, and. And, and we met halfway and Dave was walking towards us and, oh, and I thought there was going to be a fight um, with Osgood and Dave because I was always kind of at it. And I, But I thought this was a day that actually there would be punches thrown and, you know, the it was a right old ding dong. And, and then he, he just said to Osgood, you know, you, you won't play for Chelsea again.
1: To listen to the rest of this podcast, please go to com forward slash SRB media, or just follow the links in the description. Thank you.